Hello, welcome to the HF Propagation Report with me, Steve Nichols, G0KYA. Well, this month we're going to be looking at solar activity and what it can do to the HF bands. And I'm always reminded of that ancient Chinese curse, may you live in interesting times. And we are living in interesting times, very interesting times, as we enter or go forward in Solar Cycle 24. Now, in the past, I've talked a lot about the solar flux index, the A and K indices. And this month, I want to talk about solar flares, what they are and the effects they have on the bands and how you can tell whether a solar flare has occurred or not. And this was really prompted by an episode last week when I was listening to HF and the bands were absolutely terrible. 20 meters was completely dead as were the others, just noise, really, with no real signals to uh, to see. But when I checked some of the figures, we had a solar flux of about 115, and we had an A index, a very low A index of about 4, K index of 1, which would rather suggest that conditions should have been a hell of a lot better than they were. So what actually happened? Well, what had happened was that we had had a solar flare. Now, a solar flare is a massive explosion, if you like, on the sun, Tons and tons of energy uh, being released where these solar flares occur, usually associated with sunspots, but not always. And when these do happen, we get a massive uh, release of electromagnetic energy. We're talking about X-rays, uh, ultraviolet energy, um, and you know, various forms of X-rays from a soft X-rays to hard X-rays. Now, that energy is released from the sun and travels towards the Earth, um, uh, obviously at the speed of light. So it arrives here in about eight, eight and a half minutes, I think. Um, and then when it reaches the Earth's atmosphere, or ionosphere, I should say, it penetrates very, very deep into the ionosphere and um, causes lots and lots of ionization in the D layer. Now, the D layer, as far as we're concerned, is the lowest layer of the ionosphere and is really um, responsible at the frequencies we're interested in. It's really responsible for absorption. So this is why you can't hear DX on 80 meters um, during the day, but you can at night because during the day, the sun is illuminating that D layer and causing lots and lots of absorption. So the signals get absorbed by the D layer before they really get a chance to get much further. Um, very, very heavy attenuation. Obviously at night, the sun's not shining on the D layer and uh, that uh, ionization starts to disappear. It combines rather rapidly. And we start to see DX on 80 meters and 160 meters for that matter. So what happens when this solar flare electromagnetic energy hits our D layer? Well, it causes massive um, ionization. It causes massive ionization in that region and therefore it causes massive absorption. And you can quite easily get a situation where frequencies up to 14 megahertz, uh, 18 megahertz, 17 meters are all attenuated, if not stopped completely. And this is sometimes referred to as a sudden ionospheric disturbance. There have been many cases of people who've been listening on HF, quite happily uh, listening to stations, and all of a sudden, bang, the whole lot disappears, and they don't know what's happened. And as I said, if you look at the solar flux index and the A and the K indices, it won't actually tell you that that's occurred. So you'll be scratching your head to wonder what's going on. But one thing we can now um, say using satellites is that electromagnetic radiation, um, it's going to be in the X-ray region. And we have X-ray detectors on some of our satellites. So these uh, satellites will measure the X-ray flux and will tell us what's actually happened. So if you go to solarham.com, solarham.com, or in fact, um, solarcycle24.com, both of those um, URLs point to the same site. So either will work. 
you'll see that um, on the third row down, there is actually a little graph that says X-ray flux with one minute data, X-ray flux. So if you click on that X-ray flux button, you'll be able to see whether we've had any spikes in the X-ray flux from the uh, GOES GOES satellite. And this is a, a good hint that we've had a sudden ionospheric disturbance, that there is a solar flare um, activity or solar flare in, in, in action, if you like, and that's what's causing the problems. Now, if we do get this sudden ionospheric disturbance, we get this solar flare activity, the bands do recover relatively quickly. Um, but we're talking about hours, if you like, not, not days. Um, but it does help you if you, your finding conditions really bad, just noise and no real signals and everything else seems okay. Check the GOES X-ray flux details on solarham.com and it will tell you um, whether uh, that's what the cause has been. Now, there are various classes of solar flare. You can read up about this on the internet, from M-class flares up to X-class flares and beyond. Um, and it's all about the relative intensity of the uh, energy that's coming out. Now, to put a little bit more meat on the bones, if you like, the one thing about solar flares is they are usually, but not, not always, associated with coronal mass ejections and other um, incidences of um, solar matter being thrown out from the sun. So what can happen is you get this flare and it throws out tons and tons of material from the sun. And that is also, or can be, can be heading in the Earth's direction. And that uh, material is, is going to be traveling slower than the speed of light. You'll have high energy particles in amongst all those which may reach us within um, you know, an hour or so. The rest may be slower moving material, slower moving plasma, if you like, uh, that will arrive in a, a few days. So if we've had a solar flare and we've had this sudden ionospheric disturbance, there is a pretty good chance, not always, but pretty good chance that this other material will, will hit us sooner or later and that will cause problems as well. Um, and you can tell that that has happened because when these solar particles hit the Earth's uh, magnetosphere, it distorts the Earth's magnetic field. These, pa these uh, particles get channeled towards the poles. Um, it distorts the magnetic field. And this is detected or shown with magnetometers. And it, we um, reflect this in the K-index, which is updated um, on a regular basis. And again, on solarham.com, you can see the K-index. There's a K-index um, there which is an average of the last uh, three hours uh, K-index, and you can see if that's going up. Again, when the, these particles hit, two things happen really. The, A, they get uh, channeled towards the poles, which causes lots of absorption over the poles, so polar routes are not so good. The other thing is that the, the solar wind can literally blow away, if you like, um, the ions in the ionosphere, deplete the ionosphere from ions. So again, we get uh, a very, very bad conditions. Again, solarham.com is your friend on this one because there's a little graph on there that says currently it will tell you the situation and it will tell you whether the solar X-ray uh, flux is, is active or it's in storm conditions and it will tell you whether the geomagnetic field is in storm conditions as well. So if you take this information um, along with other material that we've uh, we've put in the book that you can find at g0kya.blogspot.com, that's understanding ionospheric propagation. If you put all this information together, you start to get a good feel for um, solar conditions and how they affect HF. But as I said, if you're just looking for the solar flux index and you're looking for the K index, it doesn't tell you the whole story. You need to look a little bit deeper. And the X-ray flux is the one that I wanted to talk about today. Okay, well, with that, I think we'll leave it for this month. Good DX. The conditions are getting 
much, much better and will get even better as we uh, go into autumn. So good DX um, and 7.3 from me, Steve Nichols, G0KYA.